We're live, everybody. Welcome in. It is Friday, June 2nd, 1 p.m. Central, right on time. 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined by our awesome community members, Mimi and Not Legal Advice, slash Richard, slash everybody else. Uh, thank you so much. I think Hans will be joining us shortly. He's just wrapping up a uh, conversation with James and Scott on his channel, Hans Nelson. Go check it out uh, if you'd like, and then come back when he comes back. Whatever you like, whatever you like to do. Uh, we're actually talking about uh, Project Highland uh, China right before we went live. But before we do that, and, and Elon's visit to to China uh, re related to Tesla. But uh, Richard, give us your uh, your MMTLP update with your super dapper outfit. My goodness, what a yeah. what a handsome fella! Go ahead. Look at that. And so I don't look ridiculous. I'm going to take off the glasses, but I'll leave the <laughs> appropriate tie on. Um, day, I think it's day 175, MMTLP, still no resolution, no, no shareholders, nothing of value. Um, and I see this is like a continuing running. So, you know, everybody hears about it every week. So people are actually losing their homes week by week because a lot of these people relied in, and maybe, in, maybe they shouldn't have, but they did. They relied upon their life savings. They put it in here and they're stuck and they have no other resources. And again, it impacts everybody. And one thing I was gonna to raise today, I saw an article that said that Tesla's new legal team, one of the things they are targeting is short sellers of Tesla, illegal short selling of Tesla. So Good. Elon knows this is an issue and it impacts everyone. So go check it out yourself, MMTLP or not, K-N-O-T legal advice and uh, please, Please feel free to leave any comments or suggestions. Fantastic. And they can find Not Legal Advice on YouTube, correct? Okay, yes. fantastic. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, very handsome fella today that's standing yeah. in for Richard. Uh, cool. So we were just talking about um, uh, Elon Musk's visits to China, the much-rumored Highland Project, which is a, uh, a refreshed Model 3 or uh, other folks are thinking might be something else. But we were just talking about how that rumor that Elon Musk was going to be shown a prototype and we would see a prototype, but it looks like that didn't come to fruition because uh, Elon Musk is back on. Is, is He's not in China anymore. I don't know where he's at, but he's not in China anymore. And so, um, yeah, some folks are surprised that we didn't see a prototype for Highland. Uh, Richard, did you or maybe did you guys want to take that uh, and then we can make it into a conversation? Was there something you guys wanted to share? Yeah, no, I just it? think that. I just think that Rob was right that the, the prototype was made for for Elon and it's too early to show anything in public and but I guess they will do a thing of it when they start when they show it. But what's interesting is obviously you know we've talked about this the Osborne effect so now that model is out there and obviously model 3s aren't selling it wasn't I don't think they weren't selling because of that I think they weren't selling because the model Y was you know outselling everything. But now I think Model 3 sales will further stall, I would think. No pun intended, although pun intended. And um, <laughs> I would think that there would be a reason to expedite the completion and release of that Highland 3. Because they don't, because they just cut, what did they cut prices on Model 3? Uh, just did, I think the second time yeah. in a week. Yeah. So they're trying to dump their existing inventory. They probably would like to not build a bunch more in the current state and uh but they don't want to kill sales so i think it's interesting because we knew or there were articles saying that june 1 was going to be when the production was going to start tesla vehemently denied that and now we understand why they denied it 
we were discussing this before. At, uh, Elon's travels to China, you know, might have been made planned six months ago. So they knew when he was going to be here. I'm sure they timed the release or the availability of at least a vehicle for his uh, appearance there. And um, we, the question is how far along the pre-production is and how long it will take them to go from this state of the prototype till market. Yeah. But do you think that they will start making them simultaneously in the US and China? Because if they only make them in China, it wouldn't affect the American market. It wouldn't get them anyway. Or what do you think? Well, they're importing uh, from China to Canada, right? So I think yeah. they could import from China. To, I, it sounds silly, but I guess they could import from China to the United States too. But then yeah. they don't get the tax credit or the... Well, it's getting half the credit now for the Model 3. But it's yeah. but they're manufactured here. It's just a battery thing. I think I do think there's going to be... I think there's going to be manufactured stateside and in China. I think it's going to be two different production lines. Because we did see some mules driving around. And producer wife, if you can find this, uh, Project Project Highland Model 3 uh, test car. Uh, there were pictures of a Model 3 with like a cover front in the States. And now you have this visit in China of uh, you know uh rumor is that they're checking on the production and so the fact that we haven't seen a production ready sort of test car driving around because uh, that's one of the things richard brought up is like you would you know it's about you know six months until you usually see the the a prototype to when the production starts once you start seeing them on the roads which is what we saw with the model three and the model y and so on and so forth and uh, I think that is a clue that says, in my opinion, that this refresh is much more a refresh than uh, than anything that's crazy. So here's the here's an article from when was this? May 12, 2023. So about three weeks ago, call it. Uh, Model Model Three Highland spotted with significant interior changes. I think a lot of the people that follow the story closely are very well aware of this. So we we've been seeing these types of prototypes already on the road, and my guess is that the China the China production line, the prototype Elon Musk reportedly was being shown is the finalized production ready version prototype. So, you know, they, they run a few through the line and they'll probably test them around the, the country, I'm going to guess, probably with a similar type of covering on the car to make sure that uh, it works well. But uh, my guess is that it coming out is going to be a much shorter time frame than say the Cybertruck, where you know we saw the first prototypes hitting the road. And we're probably not going to see it really uh, in in full production until probably end of Q3, early Q4. So there, I think there's a longer timeline, and I think it coincides also with the fact that uh, Tesla was dropping Model Three prices as well in inventory. Now that that could be related to you know you brought this up earlier too, is that hey Model Y is just performing so damn well. That you just need to <laughs> you need to incentivize people to buy the Model Three by lowering price, but you know there's so much smoke. There's so much smoke around this Highland project, and it's clearly happening. But I think the debate is out: is you know, is it is it a is it a Q2 thing, is it a Q3 thing, or is it a Q4 thing? And um, I yeah, I, I the initial documents I think that were uh, uh, sort of like leaked or whatever from a few quarters back. I think I, I remember reading September. Of this year or, or something like that so yeah I, I i wouldn't be surprised if it's them but i also wouldn't be surprised if it's earlier because it again i don't expect this to be a full 
crazy change of the architecture. I just think it's a bunch of cost, taking out costs, refreshing the interior, you know, nipping and tucking some lines, maybe some new headlights. But the, uh, you know, the 80% or 85 to 90% of the car will be basically the same. It's interesting they start the deliveries in, well, I'm presuming that, but it's interesting they would start the deliveries in China and not the United States. So they'll, they'll, because if they're going to build it in China, it'll probably be a local, more of a local product. I guess it could go to Europe too, but it would be more of a local product, at least to start off with. Um, and I was thinking, I don't know what it would compete with because Neo is much higher priced. BYD is kind of lower priced. There's a bunch of others that don't sell any cars, selling like significant number of cars. And I'm sure in China, that TAM is huge. You know, that sure. for that price area, it's going to be huge, huge numbers. And we also know that the problem that exists in China for the existing uh, OEMs is they're stuck with all those uh, gas cars and they have to deal with them. And in particular, and I've been reading about this recently, it's especially the Japanese OEMs because uh, their sales, most of their sales or the majority or the plurality go to China. And they're going to lose that market as a gas market. And they're, you know, as we know, they're way behind in terms of electric. They're going to be in deep trouble. So I, I just think there is going to be a lot more room for that particular model in China. Yeah, yeah no, you, I 100% agree with you. I do think, I think the Model 3 refresh is much less about trying to put it against competition and say china if that's the market it launches in first it's but it's more getting ready for the compact car so that there is good differentiation and it's something we talked about before uh, one of the rumors i read a day or two ago was that the the highland is going to be something that's a little bit more sporty it's a little bit more uh maybe a tiny bit more luxurious or something but it's going to create differentiation between it and the y with the sportiness right so you have a smaller form factor than the y much shorter uh, i'm going to guess the the center of gravity is going to be much lower and you'll probably have some additional features around the steering and how it behaves around a track let's say so that's like okay great so that's a it's like a super baby poor person's roadster let's call it it's the model 3 right like the new hot hatch uh, if you want to call it, or the I heard new that's actually part. a comparison to like the three series BMWs, kind of like exactly that, that spot. Yeah. Exactly, and, and so I think this refresh is much more. The Highland is that, so that when the compact car launches and it takes the world by storm, then you have really good differentiation. Roadster is your I'm going to destroy everything on any on any road ever, and I don't care against who. Like I'm going to win. Then you have the SNX, which is the look at how fancy I am, look at how cool my car is. I love this car, and it can fly away with the doors. You know, the Model Y is the awesome SUV that's like it's an every car for every person kind of thing. Best bang for your buck. Probably going to be the second best selling car uh, for Tesla outside of maybe the Cybertruck. If that form factor really takes off worldwide and people really find good uses for a uh, long distance hauler that really, truly does everything you could take it off road and survive an apocalypse potentially. And then you have your Model 3, which is an entry level car for people that really want to experience awesome performance in an electric vehicle that like will, will blow away anything except, say, the top tier cars. Then you have the compact car, which is the most affordable uh, EV that you can have. 
and it will get you from point A to point B in the best way possible at the cheapest cost possible. And then the van is like your if you want to haul 10 people around and, you know, go on, uh, you know, whatever, uh, what a van usually does in cargo haul. So it's like now there's a very obvious differentiation between the products. It's not just like, hey, very efficient transportation. Now it's, hey, this is our broad product offering. So do you, yeah. do you think, do you we think need it will be cheaper? Then, uh, I mean, do you think the gap between three and Y will be yeah. wider? Um, well, I think it's already it's already what ten what how how uh, what's the price difference right now between a Y and a three? It's like seven thousand bucks. Let me look it up. So if I go into the maybe pull this up to uh, producer wife as we're going through this. That's if I, I go was, into, I was oh, going to ask the same question Mimi did, uh, but I was going to do it between the two and the three. I, yeah, I, thank I, you. I think they, I would like a t the two being the compact. I'm calling it the two. So I would okay. like yeah. 10 grand between those two also. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's absolutely going to be more expensive than the compact, right? It's, it, yeah. it's going to be probably, it's probably going to be more. I would guess the compact car will be uh, less. It will be more less than <laughs> <laughs> how how do I say that? Somebody help me. Why is my brain failing on greater, that? Right now? Greater than ten thousand yes, dollars. A greater difference. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you to my math brain for not being able to use words. <laughs> Christ. Uh yeah, it's about a seven thousand dollar difference right now between the model three and the model Y. But I, I would expect the compact car and the model three to have more than a seven thousand dollar difference, probably closer to say ten to twelve thousand, yeah. which yeah. the model three being a little bit sportier and more luxurious will allow them to do that because they can then command a premium on that product versus a compact car. And then I would expect the compact car to truly be quite utilitarian and very, very basic in its product offering. But when it comes to point A to point B with a lot of entertainment, with the infotainment screen and uh, more than acceptable comfort and ride quality, that will just, you know, the performance is not going to be insane, but it will just get you from point A to point B and just, and, and by far the lowest cost per mile, it's it's going to be it's going to be great. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. When, Does that answer? When they, when they spoke about, I think combine the the compact and that other vehicle they didn't mention. So I guess they it was presumed to be the van. They, yes. And they said, you know, we're going to do at least five million units between the two of them. Don't. I think that's what he said. I th yeah. I I would think the compact alone has got to sell more than five million units. In that twenty million uh, a year calculation, I would think that compact's got to be closer to ten million units. If you I get agree. twenty, I agree. If they don't I think... make anything even smaller. True, true. That's true. Yeah, and, and I've heard sort of, uh, and this this is something that I'm open to sort of thinking through, but. I've heard that th this compact car is not so much a car, but it's a platform. It's it's a platform of multiple types of cars. And this platform is going to be able to sell 5 to 10 million cars per year. But I, I agree with you. I think a, 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 a compact car or a cheaper vehicle, let's call it a twenty-five dollars to $30,000 electric vehicle that's going to get all those feature sets that we talked through. And it's going to have a price point that's going to allow it to have less than $500 per month, all in cost of transportation, maybe even less than that, that market, I, I have a hard time uh, not seeing that being at least a 10 million per year of market, you know, for that kind of car. You think about the the total market right now, it's after COVID was what, 60 to 80 million, 60 million, 70 million cars globally sold or something. Uh, but as we, 
uh, get into the EV transition and we get into more and more affordable cars and the rest of the world kind of joins in uh, in being able to purchase these products, I think that car is going to command such a giant lead. Uh, it's going to be one of these tail things, right? It's like market dominance and then everybody else kind of like down here playing in this space. So I agree with you. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking? Uh, Elon plays the dip diplomat, you know, really. He's been great in China. Really. I wish, yeah. I wish, wish the calm that he's displayed, you know, ironically, I wish the calm he's displayed was displayed by the leaders of the world in this particular context. Okay. But I was thinking along those lines, maybe that's kind of also the, the route to better relations is we're talking about EV. So China obviously is going 100% EV. They're, they're all in. Um, the United States and Europe, the production numbers are really bad. I mean, other than Tesla, nobody is producing numbers. Lucid, I think, just had to dilute themselves again because they basically are out of money. They can either go bankrupt, they can let the Saudis take them private, which is, gonna, I think, it's what's going to happen. Saudis yeah. are going to take that private. It's going to be the like the personal vehicle of the kingdom. The EV. That's that's what I've thought all I along. Agree. But I don't think there's enough production in the United States. It gets back to that curve, that drop-off curve. I don't think there's enough production in the United States. China wants to be in the United States because they know it's next to China. It's the second biggest market in the world. And I think that their necessity of placing their vehicles in the United States might be the key to better diplomatic relations because they're going to need to be on good terms with the United States or that industry that they think, because they believe that they will be number one in EVs in the world. Uh, the only thing that would exclude them if they're specifically excluded from markets. So I happen to believe that maybe long-term, their need to be in the world market might be the solution to the political strife that we see now. Interesting. Doesn't that feel very far away, though? I mean, you, you, you kind of think about the rhetoric that's coming out with uh, U.S. and China. So you, you think this is like the beginning of a multi-year process of sort of Elon Musk playing the role of let's get everybody together on the uh, uh, let's get them to the to the table and see if we can figure out a way to move past this. Is this how you're thinking about this? I, I think he that's what he perceives. And again, you know, also we get kind of stuck. We look at the day, you know, like today's events. And five years from now, things could be completely different and sure. we would never anticipate it. And they could change on a dime. So I think for his and Tesla's interests, it's obviously best that the United States and China have good relations. And if he could there. be the kind of be the catalyst for that, then, hey, all the better. We're going to all benefit. But I think China really does want to have control. They want to be the leader. And that's what they say. They want to be and without access to the United States and with, you know, let's say limited access in Europe or not complete access or not complete acceptance. Um, I don't think they're going to get there. So I really think that might be the means to the end. And, you know, that would be great for everybody. Maybe. But how do you, you how this? do you think yeah. they're going to get, how do you think they're going to get acceptance? Because I just read an article about uh, Chinese EVs in Europe and they're doing terribly in, in Sweden, they open big, uh, uh, stores and and uh, neo they built this battery changing stuff they or they delivered two cars and they but, are just for the showrooms the others 13 cars 21 cars they're not selling I, I i read the same stuff and i agree that 
it's kind of that issue, right? Because they're the country is being banished to some degree. Also, and I think it's going to be even harder in the U.S. No, but what I was going to say is that one thing they did say because I read I read this maybe the same article, but the same stuff. They said in Germany they were adamantly against the Chinese in 2022, but in 2023 they started to buy. So they and they said Germany was kind of like. That was the one you would look to because that would be like because they they take pride in German engineering. That's kind of their their thing. But there they saw change already and there was acceptance and it was economics. Really, was they were cheaper and they, they could do it like that. But I agree in the current political state, they can't. That's why I think they need that. They need to nat they need to normalize things. Now I I agree, you know, now if you looked at it, you couldn't couldn't expect that. But you know, maybe a year or two down the road when their industries are a little more developed and they're because right now their economy sucks in China, yeah. you know, relatively for them. But maybe like when they come out of whatever they're in and they want to expand their industries, that will be the time that they are interested in negotiating and normalizing. And to the extent now they can create fear and leverage, why not? Why not make it like more make the world more apprehensive? So when you negotiate, you have more leverage to go to you know to give up. Yeah, I think they have to support stop supporting Russia. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the comments section, do let us know uh, what you think about this development. Do you think that uh, a Chinese automaker, say, entering the Western world and in full force with their EVs, do you think they'll be accepted? By their uh, by those countries, what is your experience? If you've been exposed to any Chinese uh, EVs being released, if especially if you're in Europe, let us know. If you can kind of echo what Mimi's saying, I know Mimi, you, you live in Sweden, and so you're seeing that firsthand, and you're reading these articles, so it's something that's that you're seeing. Let us know if you're seeing that as well, and then maybe uh, producer wife, maybe we'll run a poll. Let's ask, um, you know, do you think a Chinese automaker will be accepted in the U.S. And what's, uh, interesting launch. Is, what's interesting from a commercial standpoint, there are already Chinese uh, vehicles in the United States. Yeah, I think BYD produces a lot of commercial True. vehicles. So we, and so from a business or commercial standpoint, I guess it doesn't make a difference. But yeah. from an individual kind of the populist standpoint, it definitely makes a difference. Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about the Model Three. The Model Three is. Kind of Chinese, a part of it because yeah. of the LFP batteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Elon saying that that the cars made in Shanghai they have the highest quality of all the Teslas. Yeah. So yeah, he said he said this at his uh, what was it at the, the one little Tesla thing that they I forget who uh, revealed this, but on Twitter they had a video of this going yeah. on. I, I I do find it very interesting how you know now we're living in in a in 2023 do you guys feel like the sentiment has changed from where we were earlier this year in 2022 around the tesla story the sort of the its stock performance um you know how people's optimism or pessimism it just it feels like something like now we're on the other side of it where there was a lot of pessimism now there seems to be a lot of optimism and I wonder how much the uh, a stock price, and if you can bring this up when you get a chance, producer wife, how much the stock price is uh, is uh, <laughs> causing a lot of us to feel that way. How, do you guys have any commentary around that? I mean, I see like uh, a lot of commentary, basically, you know, co complaining about the breadth of the market. So, like the all the rally uh, of the past few months has been limited to a lot of the big tech names, and Tesla is part of that uh, group. 
And um, they were doubting for quite uh, up till now, they were doubting whether that could continue. And it, that rally is kind of broadened a little bit, but I think they expect the seven, seven, the ones you could name all to do super. And they're like, Apple's at a, uh, I think an all time high today. Yeah. Yeah. They were yes, two days ago too. I'm just going to say that I brought Juju today, but to make Whoa. it more, uh, more Farsad friendly, I put in blueberries as ice cubes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This is yeah. very acceptable. Thank you. I, I hope it's going to go to 400 today. So I need a lot of juju today. I, I uh, bought juju. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I have water. Uh, Does that count? Sure. <laughs> no, and I think that this debt ceiling thing, it kind of draw. Yesterday we got the the first step, and and today we have now it's final, and that's also yeah. a relief. Yeah, and if no interest hike, and that's I think that's where people are leaning now. Yeah. If in June yeah. there's no interest hike, we'll get another bump. That'll be up, even though it's kind of, I think it's factored in already. It's not 100% factored in, and it will be bullish, and we'll get a bump. Or we'll get a bump before and a drop after, but there'll be some impact, positive impact from it. I was, yeah. you know, I heard somebody talking about this, and I didn't understand it when we started this process, so now I do. They were talking about growth stocks and how, what interest, what the impact is of increase increased interest rates on the value of the stock and it was particularly as to growth stock and they were saying for every one percent increase in interest rates that decreased the value of the stock 10 percent so if you kind of look in tesla's case we we're about dead on about dead on mm. but that's pretty amazing because before the interest rate hike started and i didn't have a lot of experience to go through that cycle before, they were talking about how it would impact valuation of growth stocks. And I had no idea what they were talking about. And now, you know, when it went from 412 to 106, I get it. I do get it. So is this, uh, is this a, so maybe for me to fully get my head wrapped around this, is it because there is uh, less risk associated to an asset that you know is going to return 1% per year and instead of trying to be risky in a growth stock which usually have a lot of risks associated to them they're not super stable they don't have dividends they don't have buybacks you know they're still in their in their figuring out phase uh for every one percent of money you know you're going to be getting back you're willing to forego 10 percent growth on a growth stock because of its risk is that the thought process okay yeah yeah, got it. I just want to yeah. make sure I got my head wrapped around that. Yeah, I do, I do find it very interesting how how stock uh, the, the stock has been performing within within this context of you know if we talk about Tesla specifically, Tesla stock uh, not nowhere near its all time highs like your Googles and your Apples and all these other guys, but uh, is very much enjoying the recent uh, momentum uh, of whatever's happening <laughs> in the last few weeks. And it's it's happening while uh, Elon is has been fully immersed in Twitter. You know that whole thing is still going on. I don't know if you follow Twitter closely, but there was a whole a whole thing yesterday on the on the platform related to uh, the Daily Wire releasing a, a documentary called "What Is a Woman," and that has a lot of controversy behind uh, tied to it. But I'll let you all figure that out on your own. I'm not. I'll have an opinion, but there's a lot of stuff going on there. Some people got fired from Twitter yesterday and he's still very much, you know, in Twitter voicing his opinion and doing his thing. 
But the Tesla story is continuing. It, it almost has decoupled from uh, what a lot of people were fearing, which was uh, Elon being Elon, right? And like oh, Elon saying stuff that is going to hurt the, the business or we're not or the stock. But like that's not happening now that the stock, it doesn't seem like it's happening. Do you guys have any thoughts around that? I'd be curious to pick your brain on that. Mimi? Wants to go. You can start, Richard. Okay. I was thinking that, you know, I, I, if I was an analyst, I would say, you know, okay, so maybe Tesla's not going to be successful at like 19 different things. But worst case, they're Toyota. Worst case, they're going to be the number one automaker if that's all they are. They're going to make tons of money. They're always going to have cash. We, we're, we don't feel at risk. When I, that's what I, I I draw from that. So they're amongst the seven companies, Apple, Microsoft, you can name, you know, you know who they are. They're all basically like a bank. People feel if they put their money in, you know, maybe they won't make a ton, maybe, but they're not going to lose a ton. They feel it's secure. And the fact that Tesla is now in that bucket is quite an amazing feat from, uh, you know, where we were a year ago. That's, that's a lot of progress. Yeah. And, you know, you got to give props to Elon for being able to make changes, especially the change at Twitter that I think was fabulous, a, a fabulous move. But he also learned how to, because there were a time he learned to um, restrain himself on Twitter also. There was a time where he was, you know, every moment and it was not helpful for his probably his own personal finances. And he... Not that he, you know, not that he doesn't express himself, but he doesn't do it to the same extent, and I'm sure he has people counseling him on that. So I think it's 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 great because it, that's really a shift. And you know, we talk about companies that like Buffett would buy or you know invest in. That's the kind of that's the kind of signal that I I see. Mimi, what do you think? I think. Just a, a thought. I think it's interesting when we talk about these big, the big seven, that Apple and Tesla are the only ones who actually produce something. What it's do you mean? fascinating that so much money is in, well, something, a product, something oh, like you physical. can buy and hold in your hand. Mm. So like Facebook and Google and all these guys, yeah. all software. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you not view them as the same? Well, I th no, I just think that it's, I mean, if you look, if you go 10 years back in time, that would have been a Got really, it. really weird concept that companies offering things like that would be so high valued. Um, so, I think in, but I think that, yeah. I think NVIDIA now is kind of fits in that class also. Yes. And yes. That's, and that's yes. kind of like they produce hardware. So, I mean, that's, well, they, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what they, they do. They produce yeah, hardware. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But I, I think that it's, I think that the whole situation with with Tesla and, and the stock price and everything, everything feels a bit calmer now. It feels like it's not all these ups and downs and and uh, um, and I think that Elon going to China and getting so much praise from Chinese politicians and uh, I think that's good. Um, they really, really gave him said so many good things about it um and i think that some of that rubs off in in the rest of the world as well and also that he said he did some really good interviews um that i think that a lot of people watched i mean we watch all interviews wherever they are 
but the last one was excellent and um not the last one because that was but the one with this what was it cbs or was it MSNBC? cnbc cnbc yes yeah. Yeah. uh so i i think that yeah um, I'm, I'm not going every day waiting for something uh, terrible to happen that will make the stock drop. <laughs> <laughs> it feels it feels a, bit, a little bit even out, and I think that's nice. Yeah, and I it, think that the investors think that's nice too. That was an interesting way you framed it because it it is it's less volatile. It feels like less volatility in general. And yeah, I think you were referring to the David Faber uh, interview. That yeah, one we yeah. Saw. yeah, yeah, that was that was excellent. Yeah, and probably you know he's gotten a lot more practice. So maybe he's yes. more comfortable. Maybe he's more comfortable. Because obviously, you know, we, and I don't know this for a fact, but I always heard that, like he had a uh, social issues. And so like doing interviews might've been really difficult for him. But like anything else, if you do like a thousand of them, you know, at some point in time, it becomes second nature and you relax and it's probably easier for him. So that might play a part too. And he's open to it. Maybe that was yeah. one benefit of him getting Twitter is he do Twitter spaces and things like that. And he could kind of, uh, become more accustomed to that medium. Yeah. But I do wonder, I do still wonder how much of the, say, the quote-unquote calmness that Tesla investors are feeling. Because I agree with you. I, I do feel like, I feel like a hump has been, like we've gone over a hump, right? We were sort of like, late last year, we were going through a, my God, it was a minefield of, it, it, the perception was it was a minefield, right? And it was very hard to separate signal from noise. Now it's yeah. like, Okay, Elon's doing his thing. He's given given these great great interviews. It seems like he's being himself more, much more than he has been in the past. He's speaking at he's speaking his mind. He just seems like a regular dude that's smart on these interviews, which I think is really really cool. You know, just as a human being. But I think um, I do wonder how much of the calmness is related to the quote-unquote changes or things that are happening directly that's directly tied to the tesla story or how much of it is really just the macro environment and the stock market as a, as a whole that's carrying a positive story and tesla's going along for the ride how do you guys think about those two things well i think it's a little bit of both i think that tesla okay the margins went down but Anyone can see that the future, like you said, even if they just make cars, even if FSD doesn't work out for another five years, uh, it's still a very solid company. They're building new factories. They're expanding. Uh, the Model Y is selling like crazy all over the world. Uh, the Cybertruck is coming. Uh, if it comes this year, that is really good. If it comes next year, okay. Um, so I think that, and, and the energy section is really, I mean, we read every other day about new huge deals with mega packs. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that the base is getting stronger. Uh, we can't fall that low anymore. Mm. There's too much positive things. There are too many positive things going on. Uh, and then macro is macro, but I think that somehow, somehow you get used to it. Uh, you know, it's been it's been volatile for a while, and you don't know how much the Fed, if they're going to raise twenty five or fifty or whatever, or if they're going to or not, or when are they stopping? But this has been going on for a long time now. Uh, now the 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 market doesn't swing as fast or as much up and down. Um, yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both, but I think that Tesla feels more more solid now. Richard? 
I was going to say, you know, it, it's partly, I think, the logical move. So he went 400. That was probably 412. That was probably too far, too excited. We were all too excited. And 106 was too too far. We were all too depressed. And so the number that's probably the real number is somewhere between that, and we're working our way to the real number. That's one. Two, I really do believe that Twitter was a, a huge stress on Elon. And once he was comfortable enough to pick a replacement, that took a burden off of him. Because I don't think for a guy like, and again, I, I obviously, I don't know him. I have no idea. But you don't? What? I do not. I do not. Oh my not God. Well. This not whole well. time. We've only okay. met a few times. But uh, okay, okay. But a guy like my, the way I see a guy like that is that a guy like that might be perfectly comfortable working on five things at once, but may not be really comfortable being stuck working on one thing. Oh, sure. And it might be harder. So for him, having to spend all his time and focus on Twitter, which was a pain in the ass for him and cost him a bundle and probably wasn't what he wanted to do when he could, in his mind, he said, okay, I got somebody to take over, whether I got to spend time to get to that point or whatever, a great weight is lifted off my shoulders. And I think it corresponds with his ease in the interviews and, and that I yeah. think really he's just kind of de-stressed, honestly. So I kind of think those two things, just kind of natural stock movements and Elon kind of having that the uh, stress lifted off his shoulders. Yeah, I think that that's a fascinating point, and I can I can totally see that. You know, the the <laughs> who who likes to work on something they don't want to, and especially when you feel like you have to, and you know you've overpaid for it. They first they force you to buy it, and uh, it might die, <laughs> like literally in like four months. That doesn't seem like a good situation to be in. But I do think that, like going through that period as investors was was a uh, was very very. Um, it was challenging, but I think it was such a great exercise for, and again, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm like over here talking as if we're like, oh, clear skies ahead. And then tomorrow, you know, oh my God, the economy is collapsing and we're back down to who knows, who knows what's going to happen. Right. But I'm just saying as a human being, it feels like we've reached a point somewhere that seems that is more uppy than downy, you know, <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's just gut feel. Um, yeah. At, at one yeah. point in time, Gordon Johnson was perceived as a bull. Right. During this run, right? Right. Well, I remember like we were, we, were in the, we were in the low hundreds and people were saying, are we going to go down to 60? We go right. I remember 50? that. So I think, you know, anything's possible, obviously. But I think most people feel that we're not going to take a dump down like back to the hundreds. That yeah. we, you know, whatever low is going to be a higher low and we we moved on. We're, make, we're making progress uh, towards back towards a higher price. Yeah, I do think I do think there's something to be said about just a lot of momentum that's being that's being uh, built up around the story. You know, like we, we've covered the Ford Tesla thing. You got the Highland, you got the Cybertruck, you got the stock performing well. You have Elon Musk in good spirits. Uh, you have an investor base that seems a lot more chill. And I also do wonder how much of the sort of, uh, you know, because Tesla has such a strong, such a strong retail investing community that how much of the crazy noise we were hearing and the fear in the last say six to nine months was related to folks that just were really unhappy with their investment and you know maybe those folks have exited for, for right or wrong reasons for their own risk tolerance and now that's why there is a sort of perceived calm because the retail investing base is so plugged in 
to that to to itself. You know, we're all very plugged into each other, and you know, some might call us an eco chamber, and I think in some spots we might be. And you know, let's let's make sure we 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 definitely um, you know try to fight that as much as possible. But I do wonder how how much of that is being played for, for uh, how much of that is actually some of the things that are happening. You know, yeah, I think it goes both ways because I remember and uh, Mimi, I think, was there too. When uh, we were on Yashu's live stream, when Tesla went to one trillion, do you remember that? Sure. And uh, we thought, so when's it going to go to two trillion? You get <laughs> yeah. that. You get the yeah. exuberance going both directions. And you know, when people are at the good side, they're unreasonably over happy, and when they're and it, that impacts their investment decisions too, and their how they feel about life in general. And when you're on the one hundred six, when I was at one hundred six. Uh, that if affects your investment and maybe your existence. And uh, most people don't like losing money and it does impact their their day-to-day feelings. Yeah. I, I'll tell you that, that 106 period, I, it was such a, uh, it, it was so peculiar. For, like if I tell sort of my side of it, and I love to hear your, maybe we'll do, use a little, a little group therapy session. <laughs> maybe we're going <laughs> to vent, air out our, uh, our experiences here. Because I really do think it was, a huge learning lesson for a lot of us. Like for me, it was because I, I was fortunate enough to have a uh, a forum where I could, uh, you know, I could communicate with people, and then I would folks would you know communicate back through DMs and comments and all that stuff. And that period of time was ext- so challenging for so many people because you know all of us are sort of watching this thing just almost teetering. Uh, everybody thought it was going to freaking collapse. Like it just no one was happy. It was very very difficult and. I think the the biggest lesson I learned was even in even in especially when you have a platform where you uh, can't voice your opinion and it goes to a lot of people and voice what you think is happening or try to be helpful in, in a way like that responsibility is so freaking giant but then you have to be doubly even more um, uh, you have to work so hard to separate sing- signal from noise even more because you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for a lot of people right and and that's one thing that and i think that's where my sort of switch went off because i'm like this is not just a hobby like you know i i I was doing it as a hobby but i'm like holy shit like there's like literally people that are truly going through a very difficult time and for a lot of them was the first time right like i've never experienced anything like this before um and so yeah for me it was just Signal from noise is by f- signal and noise and figuring out what is signal, what is noise is probably the best skill set to have as an investor easily. And Emma Peppers and Dave Lee and a lot of people have talked about this for a really, really long time. But you don't really get to understand how how important it is until the shit hits the fan. And that time period was very helpful in me understanding that. Because you, when you look back, uh, in my opinion, I'll have to hear your thoughts on this too as, as we go through this, but... Uh, a lot of it was noise. A lot of it was noise. And there were some signals, you know? Yeah, Elon, Elon saying some things, probably not a good thing. Elon uh, maybe uh, <laughs> being very outspoken and, and trying, you know, damaging his own personal brand as a human being, uh, potentially. I'm not going to pick out exactly what he said because that's subjective, but one could say, hey, that's probably not a good thing. Um, having zero focus on Tesla for extended period of time, regardless if it happened or not, we all agree that that's probably not a good thing, uh, at least for it to happen so suddenly. But they were also, but they're not really as serious as it seemed because 
there is a track record that's attached to him. This is not new. It's happened before. I was at the company when they shifted everything from one place to another, right? So um, what 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 did you guys learn? Like, what, what do you guys have from your standpoint that you could share that's related to that? Like, what are the lessons I, you've learned through that period? I think that... I think that that you're right about the 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 noise and but it's so it's it's hard it's so hard to tell the difference and the market doesn't care sometimes it reacts to to both equally and but I think that I talked my mother into buying Tesla when it was like um, seven eight hundred or something like that and she never ever thank you i love you she never ever said anything negative to me about this not even when it was down to 106 <laughs> and now she just stopped looking uh, so i tell her well she can see when it goes up um but but i was so i mean i did my research before i invested and i was always a long time investor i'm not selling and buying i'm letting it sit until till 2030 and i was never really worried because the fundamentals were the same for me i don't think that they ever changed i was really i think what i learned was to be calmer in myself to not i was so upset with elon i mean i was so you know that i was so upset and i can still no get way so upset. <laughs> uh, oh my god uh, and and I think that he did so many stupid things and said so many stupid things, which is his right to do. But still, you don't have to say everything you have a right to say. Um, and and also all the noise around and all the fud and everything. Um, so yeah, I think that what I learned most is to, is to uh, to distance myself from from uh, a lot of the of the stuff all the talk i like i left twitter for a couple months mm. i didn't go i i was on twitter so much uh not only with tesla stuff but about the ukraine war and and all my swedish connections but i felt it was just uh it was it was too uh, it it took it it took such a great toll on me. it was too hard so i just left it and that was very good for my mindset great Thank you for sharing that, Richard. One thing that I was lucky enough to do is I didn't have a ton of experience going through those situations. So I thought, I, I actually consciously thought, good or bad, I'm going to like soak this up so that the next time this happens, I won't have the same reaction to it because I'll know it happens. And it's just part of the, the way things going. I also learned that the stock is not the business. Business can be great. Stock can be in the toilet. They hopefully will meet at some point in time, but uh, they're not the same. I also learned that when the stock is going down, that you have, and we kind of, we talked about this a little bit, you have to be able to kind of survive investor, uh, the, how the investors are thinking at the time, the negative sentiment that they are gonna express. You also have to understand that there's people that are holding short positions that are trying to take advantage of that may also put out short reports and you have to tolerate that on top of that. Um, I also thought, and I really thought about this during the time because we were interacting at that time. I was wondering, and you know, I, I don't mean this to be embarrassing, but I was wondering as there's a whole series of YouTube creators who may have made enough money to retire 
uh, by getting stock and retiring. And maybe when they retire, you, uh, Tesla was at 400 and now it's at 100. And I thought, wow, would that would be really difficult if you retire. And as you go through the process, now you have to unretire. I, I thought that could be really stressful. I didn't know what that. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and then I also thought one thing I learned that, and I've learned this over time is, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, I could do, I could figure out things on my own, but I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I thought those people knew a lot more than they did. And uh, now when I watch them, I watch them with, a, a, in a completely different way. I have a much higher degree of skepticism and I will not rely on anything that I see in a YouTube video without at least verifying it so I'm comfortable with it. So if things go south, I it's my decision and I will have I can stick with a position. And I learned that also because at that time I remember when I first got in the market, it was uh, during COVID time, everything was up, you know, 10,000 percent. You you know, you could throw a dart and pick a stock and make it. And everybody thought, wow, that's the way it's going to be from this point forward. And then the next year, uh, no bueno. Uh, and But you learn a lot. You know, you learn a lot both, that it's not the up and it's not the down. It's somewhere in between. And as Mimi said, you really just kind of got to tolerate it and kind of not be emotional about it. And it's just business. And it's just, a, it's just like a, a financial statement is just a snapshot in time. Stock price is just a snapshot in time. It'll be different tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Have you guys experienced anything like this before? Or was it was it new for either brand of you? New, brand new for me. Yeah, as, as an investor, brand new. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just want to see, I see here DRK, as he says in the stream, uh, Farsad, remember when you started the channel, it was therapy for us as a collective. And I think that's very true. Your channel, Yashu's channel, it was a great comfort to be around people with the same views and not 100%, but the same interest and the same base sort of to keep keep myself on the on the ground i thought oh, that was really nice that's flattering thank you yeah i agree by the way i i think it, it's terrific i i recommend you to a lot of people uh, a lot of them don't watch you though but that's okay uh <laughs> I, I think that was a joke um yeah uh, no. but i think just just being in a stream and you and you see people and they come you come back and they say hi and and yeah. you you Kind of like Yashu said, I have so many friends out there. I mean, I have so many people I think of as friends. I don't even know their names. I don't even know what they <laughs> they look like. But still, we we send our our hellos and we talk about stuff every week. And and uh, that's a great uh, that's a great strength in the Tesla community. It's very special. I, yeah, yeah. I can't see any other uh, brand or anything else that has that. And yeah. I do remember like those spaces we had when we had those days and it really was like we were going on the couch and everybody kind of like let it out uh, <laughs> so they could feel better and we could move on. It's okay on. to cry. You can yeah. cry. Yeah. Right. It's okay to cry on the video. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. But I remember like the despair and the depression really it was like palpable. Yeah. You could feel it. And now you could feel kind of what we're talking. Now you could feel that lifted. You know, we're yep. a lot lighter now than we were then. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think a lot of that, though, is like, you know, I think a lot of that is the 
the fact that uh, all of us, many of us, whatever you want to, however you want to say it, went through that, right? So we had to go through it, you know, and to really understand what what it really meant to be in that situation. And then when you overcome that, then you're like, holy crap, okay, here are the thousand things I've learned about that experience. And, and it's always so fascinating to me as human beings how very often there a lot of us suffer and sometimes or oftentimes suffering is kind of good for us long term because we learn so many things from that from that suffering you know and it's absolutely it's so fascinating and, and i'm almost thankful for having gone through that you know because if i think about that specific situation like in the last year when it went down to 100 I, I could draw a lot of parallels to that and like the fudge storm that we were getting in 2016 2018 2018 um you know, and the additional layer of being there and and really going through those hardsh- that hardship of, I don't know if I'm going to have a job potentially. Everyone's telling me to sell the stock. Everyone's telling me to quit the company. Uh, the, your CEO is crazy. Oh, and by the way, you have to work 80 hours a week, right? So it's like, it's it, it, that was very difficult. But this one was probably even more so because of that layer of, of that you have people looking at you uh, either right or wrong, you know, to be like, Hey, can you help me? Can you help me guide that? Can you kind of, can I, can you guide me through this a little bit? Cause I was getting it in my DMS. And so that, that was, that was very, very, I just, it was very humbling, very, very humbling, but I'm very, very glad I went through that personally because it taught me that again, all those lessons. And it just, thank you for saying what you guys said. Cause this is ultimately, if we can continue to have a, have a place where all of us can sit down and be vulnerable about what we're going through so that we can just like help each other by being vulnerable. I think that's ultimately the best thing that we can do as human beings. It's so, I feel like it's so helpful and not, not, not judge each other. Like it's like, Hey, this is shit's hard. And whatever we're saying in some degree, everybody else is experiencing the same, you know, some variation on the theme, everybody else. And I was going to say, is that, you know, we're not the only ones who go through that. Right. So if you were, you know, just use NVIDIA as a uh, example, you were at a, like 110, 105, less than a year ago. So you, and you might've been at 300. So you had to tolerate that. And that tests your resolve. That's what I was, I was thinking when you were saying it. If we weren't like, if we weren't like Tesla uh, forever, at, you know, before that shit storm, afterwards, if we're still here, we're, we're there. It's gonna to be tough to move us off Tesla. Well, not on wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but it, it yeah. really is interesting. You know, it's one of those things. Good, the the bad news we had to do it. The good news is we learned a lot. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If everything I, was smooth all the time, we would never learn. We would never grow. Yeah. It's so true. And also, we it's wouldn't so have true. chosen Tesla if we weren't like a particular type of person, anyway. Because okay. Tesla is a challenging company. It's challenging. It's not for everybody. You know, it's like I got a puppy, right? So was yeah. I, well, I'm very proud of. It's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. We got to b- pull up a picture here. Hang on. Okay. Um, yes. And um, I have two and I've had three. But they're, if you're not like a dog owner of, so you have experience with dogs, they're not easy. And Tesla is not easy. So it's not for everybody. But we have shown our resolve to get through, hopefully, what will be the worst time we'll experience in Tesla. Yeah. Hopefully, that, that's it. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. You think, do you think that there will ever be a time 
where it's not like this and say that the the in the next 10 years i mean at some point there has to be right at some point these companies either die or they reach a steady state you know like how how long do you think that will take or will, is that not in our lifetime have you guys thought about that at all you know i i no go ahead i'm sorry no but i mean tesla I mean, just look at all the things that are that are coming, the AI, the bots, the FSD, the robotaxi. It feels like that's at least 10, 20 years out with everything. So now I'll probably be dead before, <laughs> before anything no else way. happens. Come on now. Uh, but but um, I don't know. At one time, it feels like it's going to be too big. It has to divide into smaller companies or something. It's going to be so diversified, so many different uh, uh, areas. Um, and I think that um, the mission is, what Tesla is doing now, the mission is, is clear. I mean, the energy and the cars. But the bots, the AI, no, it's not really according to the mission. If you take the environmental thing, it, it's for humanity. Um, but I think that, Tesla will always come up will, with new ideas. And as long as, and it sounds like Elon's gonna hang on, on for a while, so, and I'm sure there are a lot of new talents coming after him, so I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm I have kind to of, be. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been around uh, enough to see like companies that I would never believe would not exist, didn't exist. So, and I think we're going to see it too. You know, like I throw it out like Stellantis between the three of us. Does any of us believe that Stellantis will be around in 10 years? I don't think it's possible. Unlikely. Not, not in the form, not in the form. And I, there's going to be a series of those companies that will cease to exist, but there'll be other companies that'll take their place that don't exist now that maybe have more advanced technology. And I think, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Um, but in terms of Tesla's spot, will there be a, a, a position of calm? I, I don't think in the near term, because I think it's going to be a growth story for at least the next five, 10 years. And that's not calm. I mean, the way you've described it, you know, the way you described your experience at Tesla, it's basically, yeah. you know, mass controlled chaos and, uh, you know, get it done. And uh, that's not calm, but obviously it produces amazing results. You know, if they're going to get to 20 million cars, they ain't going to slow down in the near term. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the analogy I like to use is like, you know, you have you have two people racing on a track. Uh, it's, a, you know, say a hundred meter dash and you have one person who, that represents most companies and then you have the other person that represents uh, like a Tesla. And the most companies, you know, will, will be walking to the end. You know, they'll t every 10 seconds, they'll stop for a smoke break. They'll, you know, they'll talk on their phone for a little while. And then on the other one, you have a person who's constantly trying to come up with a device that will help them go down the track at the speed of light. And every five meters, it blows up in their face and they're like covered in smoke. And there's like, you know, ashes and there's their hair is on fire. But they're doing this all the time. Right. And so uh, th that person will get to the end way faster than the other person but it's going to look like it's going to look insane like what the hell's wrong with this person you know but that's that's tesla that's how they operate yeah. and so as long as they operate like that i think that we're we'll go through ebbs and flows like these but i do wonder 
I do wonder if there's going to be reduced volatility as more and more people come to accept, you know, it, it, it becomes more normal. It becomes normalized, right? Because even now, like, even in this, what we call the calm state, it's still very strange because you still have the CEO of a multi-billion dollar multinational company that's going on Twitter and saying things that some people may not agree with. And that's never, I feel like that's never happened before at this scale of business with no. a person in so many different places, right? And so that in itself is peculiar and unique, but it's becoming normal, you know? So I wonder how much normalization there's going to be in how Tesla operates. And maybe that's what's going to cause the okay yeah it's just a normal thing and all, all the pain is gone but it's but it's acting no differently than it was in 2022 and i wonder if that's how we actually reach normalization which to me would be the I ideal place because you know i would love to live in a world where regardless of who the individual is they're able to express themselves uh regardless of you know how potentially controversial it is and as long as it's not in the and in, in literally in in direct opposition of how the company should and is performing that it's it is what it is and then people continue on their merry ways you know so i don't know that might be too optimistic of me to think that way but uh i'm well, hopeful it was, it was kind of like interesting because i heard you know when uh elon made a point of people making sure they go into work and then i would hear in silicon valley all the tech ceos quietly were mm -hmm. hugely supportive of that policy mm -hmm. and they want to invoke it but didn't have the balls to kind of come forward and accept the responsibility so i think a lot of you know a lot of the business philosophy maybe uh it's because you're, you're the way you're saying it it becomes acceptable if if everybody starts to do it so maybe things that he's professing now that are somewhat controversial five years from now it'll be the state of the art that you know kind of everybody doing it especially yeah. if tesla continues to be as successful as it is because being a, a model of, for other companies yeah what do you think mimi any thoughts yeah i was i shouldn't say this it's too people are going to be so upset but yesterday on twitter someone posted a a photo from ford um how they were celebrating uh, pride and they said, well, you don't see this uh, at Tesla to do, do. And immediately I had to go to Tesla's website. And under career, I saw um, there were different photos of people working. And there was one with a lot of tes Tesla t-shirt uh, people walking and they had rainbow flags. And it says, it said, um, the, the, the company of inclusion or something like that, mm -hmm. which I think was great. So I, I posted it. But then I, I thought that you said that it's okay to say whatever you want as long as it doesn't contradict with the company's message. And Elon has definitely tweeted things that contradict that inclusion thing. Uh, so I think that he should be allowed to do it. I have no problem with it. But I, I also think that we are over... I mean, in, in that case, we are living in a bubble because most people out there, they don't they don't know that much about Elon and they don't mm -hmm. care about what he tweets. Most people are not on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So, so I would, there, I would say that, um, well, okay. I, I, maybe we should save this for the members only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a lot, of, a lot of questions yeah. there. Yeah, I was okay. going to take you one step farther. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, you know, in this country, I don't know how it is in Europe, but in this country, the transgender issue is, a huge issue and sometimes i think it gets linked 
to the gay gay pride issue and i think they're tied together but in this country it's kind of like listen i live in california i'm socially liberal but i myself just you know being open i find it a very confusing issue especially at my age so historically speaking it's confusing i to me to me Mm -hmm. i think it's it's i think it's the most confusing for the people who are feeling I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But I find it, I find myself, and I perceive myself as being open minded. I find it a difficult issue. And I'm not like, you know, making, I'm not being judgmental. I'm not characterizing. Being honest. I just think it's confusing. I think it's confusing. Yeah, but I agree. I agree. I mean, I have my nieces, and they talk about their friends and, and, like it's just it's just a normal thing about all different uh, um, types of persons, and I mean, hey, I don't. I have one gay friend. Mm-hmm. I probably have lots, but I don't know it. So, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a generation. Yeah, question. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you grow up with whatever you grow up. You're com- you know, for whatever it is, you're comfortable with yeah. it because it's kind of part of that. But when you don't, yeah. it's something new, and we we kind of react initially. Most people react negatively to new, mm-hmm. kind of like change. It's, it's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the key thing here is that the open dialogue that's respectful is the key way for all of us to figure out how to navigate this forward. And we haven't yeah. had that. We haven't had. We haven't been able to do that. Right. And I think I think now, hopefully, there is a way to do that, you know, because I think all of us, there is a way for us to all of us for all of us to get on the same page. And I don't know what that page is, but you don't get there unless you actually sit down and talk to people. Right. And you have to do so with people that have lived experiences and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating time. Yeah, you don't have to agree, but we don't have to hate each other either. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, All right. Let's do some Q&A. Yeah. And then uh, we'll go into our, our members only. How's that sound? You guys okay with that? Do you have anything you want to bring up? I got one quick one quickie. So okay. we were talking about the partnership last week of Ford and Tesla. We spent sure. a good amount of time. So I heard the stand they they just proposed new standards, automatic braking. You have to have automatic yeah. braking and you have to have collision avoidance, which Ford does not have. So I heard the theory proposed that Ford is going to license that technology from Tesla. And that will be in the next element of that partnership that will form on top of the oh. supercharging how would they Where be able to do that, that without without their hardware i'm not an engineer what are you asking <laughs> me you're just a messenger that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear things i think that's Nor so exciting i that was that was exactly that was on my my um topic list for today also oh. i think it's very good i think it's very good for safety reasons yeah um but I would think, you know, if, if Ford does, and I, I think they said that all the European car makers, they're kind of, they're, they've reached Mercedes in particular, they're there. But the American car makers, not. Um, so some. No, Ford I was surprised because I think Ford most was... cars. Go ahead, maybe. No, I'm, I think most cars here, if you buy a new car, uh, Volvo, BMW, Audi, whatever, they have that. Uh, but yeah, I think that would be great. But I, I was listening to that your discussion with uh, uh, Corey, 
yeah. Prasad. And I thought that was so interesting, that discussion about the software hardware part selling. And uh, this is kind of a, a part of that. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. There's but it's so interesting many great I, things. Yeah, it's, but it's interesting to think, you know, we were talking about what additional partnerships are going to arise. And this might be kind of like the, the second in a series because it's it is kind of amazing that Ford's technology is that bad that they don't even have like basic safety issues covered. Really? Yeah. Jim Farley, you should lose your job. Uh, <laughs> really? I mean, it's well, pretty shocking. I mean, it, I think it's I think it's less. Here's the deal. I think it's less about the. And this is where regulations sometimes are a good thing, you know, like like having too many regulations is not good for progress. Having too few regulations is not good for having common sense technology be present in everything. I think this is a place where the regulatory body in the United States around uh, like if people don't want to spend that much money in a car, it doesn't mean that it should be any less safe than the same car for more money. That's what's super confusing about this whole thing, right? And we've always had this in the States. Yeah. Do you remember when ABS used to be optional? Uh, ABS used to be optional back in the day, you know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it was for like the longest time until the, I think NHTSA made it, they forced every car maker to have a center in their car. I think all this stuff will eventually become uh, regulated by, by, by the by regulators, I guess. But until they do that, a typical company is not going to uh, add additional costs to their car because of all the different dynamics we've talked about, right? And again, what, what's fascinating about the, the way Tesla has done it is that they've baked in the costs for so long now. You know, I mean, hardware, the full self-driving hardware has been in the car since, what, 2017? So for six years running, they've been able to create a uh, platform and a process to take out as much costs out of that as much uh, as humanly possible, which is my catchphrase, apparently, uh, as humanly possible. And uh, they've been able to retain safety feature standard that's better than any other car maker, and it rivals your more expensive cars. And they're going to have this available through their entire thing. So it's an advantage. It's a huge advantage. And now traditional automakers now have to do this as well. They have to figure out how to add potentially up to $2,500, $3,000 of costs in you know, FSD computer, cameras, automatic emergency braking, uh, lane avoidance systems, all this stuff in every single car they make, which is obviously going to impact their margins. And uh, it's, but it's for, for a good thing. It's for safety. It's important. But just the stuff that Tesla, that they do with the airbags, that they're constantly changing oh, sure. how they work according to new data. I mean, uh, and they just send that out. I mean, they don't hardly ever right. tell people they just improve the cars all the time. Uh, they, yeah, they recall them, right? Isn't that a yeah. recall? Yeah. <laughs> a recall. voluntary recall. Yeah. Um, and I think that's amazing. That's what they should put in their ads when they start advertising. But you're right. One of the things. You're, you're right, Farzad. And, uh, uh, first, I'm going to say something. Uh, um, uh, that I heard about this new restaurant on the moon. It has great okay. food, but no atmosphere. Um, uh -huh. uh, yeah, okay. Not uh, bad. Lucid, that was okay. That was okay. Lucid, Lucid apparently they lose five hundred thousand dollars a car. Yes. Five hundred thousand dollars a car. It's yeah. tough to make you're losing five hundred thousand dollars a car. It and is. I, you know, other than BYD, I think nobody and I, BYD's margins on electric cars are really narrow. But other than BYD, I don't think anybody but, makes profit on electric cars other than Tesla. 
Well, the secret about BYD is that their margins include their gas cars. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So we're not. Yeah. Even, we can't even say if they're making profits in their EVs. They're right. making they profits as a as a business, but they don't break out their EV sector. We also don't know, like you know, because they count sales to dealers. So it's right. a different method, and they're also apparently don't meet the emission standards. So we don't really know their numbers, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're making some money. But other than that, nobody's making money. And again, you're right. Until you make money, you can't survive. Right. So Ford is the same position. They can't afford to be spending additional money when they're already losing, you know, 50 grand a car or whatever they're losing per car. Yeah. Yeah. If if the the crazy thing here <laughs> is that with with for breaking out Model E, which is the EV sector, that their EV business segment, if they never reach profitability, that could be a sign that says no legacy automaker will potentially, or or it's it's like excruciatingly, it's incredibly difficult, excruciatingly difficult. I tried it the second time; it worked uh, to get to profitability, and so we have that barometer. They said 20, 20, 20 26, right? Eight uh, no. percent. I think. Huh? They no. I, what I thought, what I caught my attention is he said that the cost of the vehicle wouldn't be less than the than the gas cars until 2030. Yeah. That's what caught my attention. That I was GM that saying was, that. No, it was Ford. 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 Yeah, Ford was said. GM. Okay, all right. I got it confused. I thought okay. that was troubling. Yes, very. I mean, the cars are going to be overpriced. They're going to be overpriced the, continually. But that's why I think that's why I think Ford, you know, uh, I think Ford's strategy and, and you kind of heard this, I believe, in Q1 with some of the verbiage they were using is that it's not affordable EVs mass market. It is uh, higher priced electric vehicles that are going to off that are going to be able to carry a premium because of exactly what you said, because the cost parity equation for Ford is not. Uh, until 2026, whereas a company like Tesla is going to, it's probably already there. And with the compact car, they're actually going to take it so that it's even below below that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's super concerning. And there's two different equations, right? There is make money on electric cars is one. And the second equation is uh, make a car that everyone's going to be able to buy. And those two things are very different. And so if Ford can't do both, if it can't do uh profitable car that everyone wants to drive, then Ford is not Ford anymore. Ford is some shell of itself that goes from a 4 million a car uh, years uh, per year uh, car maker to like half a million cars per year, which I'm not saying is failure or success. All it is is that it's probably going to be a much smaller uh, automaker than all of us expect unless they're able to offer those two things in tandem before before everyone else does. And if they can do that, then they retain their status of where they are today. Or else they're going to do like an Elon timeline. So they're going to say they're going to do 2 million cars, I think, by 2026. Production so capacity maybe, to, two, yeah, so, to do 2 million. Yeah, so maybe yeah. they'll do actually produce 2 million cars in 2031. You know, mm. it might be something like that. And, you know, there's going to be slow, slow in the ramp up. And they're going to be like, you're right. They're going to be an also ran because the market's going to already be developed so much by that point. Listen, ten, we we figure, you know, we figure amongst us 10 million minimum by 2030. Right. And we think that's ridiculously low. We think that's a ridiculously low. But 
I don't think I don't think Ford's going to get two million by twenty thirty. Not the pace they go. Not if they lose money. Not at the. Not until they learn how to make money. Something drastic has to change. Yeah, yeah, something, and maybe that's part of their plans. Maybe in 2024, yeah. 2025, the drafts. Maybe uh, Elon and Farley are already talking, and something they have something planned for 25. They're like, hey, we got the space queued up. Let's talk about the changes, right? So, um, yeah. anyway, all right, we're uh, we got 15 minutes left. I want to make sure we hit Q and A. Mimi, did you want to hit anything uh, before we do Q and A? Quickly. No, I just want to say, really, if, if talking about profitability, that Volvo they now sell 25 percent EVs, and their profit is picking up month by month. I think that it will be so interesting to see their numbers in detail or any company that, that, because it seems like, but they have been planning this for a long time. They got rid of their own factories that made ice engines uh, years ago. Uh, they've been taking step just by step towards EV. And uh, it seems like it's working for them. I, I hope it will, but it will be interesting to see what kind of strategy they are using because it seems to be working better yeah. than others, at least. I'd be ex I'd be surprised if Polestar is mass market. I think they'll be in Volvo. I think they'll be luxury forever. I wouldn't expect them to many, many Polestar, yes, more. Yes, yes. I think yeah. so. On Volvo too, it's not a cheap car either. So Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Okay, let's do yep. Q&A. Thank you all so much for joining us. In about 15 minutes, uh, we're going to move on to a member-only stream, which you can join by clicking on join right below this video. Uh, those are awesome discussions with our community. We'll continue, and we'll talk about whatever comes up, uh, not necessarily Tesla or EV or anything like that. It's whatever comes up. So uh, let's bring up the first question, and uh, let's see what the panel thinks. Uh, Jordan Landry, question. Do you think the Cybertruck will be released this year? Uh, yeah, I, I think 100% yes. What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Next question. And V, <laughs> what is the one thing you disagree with Elon about, if any? I know Mimi agrees with Elon on everything, so I'll let her go first. What do you disagree <laughs> with Elon about? Um, oh, my God. Uh, no. Don't, don't get me started. I disagree <laughs> with Elon. Um, well, I think that actually, I mean, he thought that free speech would be so easy. Uh, and now he's realizing it's not so easy. Um, so I think that... Um, Did he say it was easy? Getting... No, not easy. But I mean, he had this vision about you just allow things. And now he's realizing with Twitter that it's not that easy. You have to have rules you have to just look at the thing that happened yesterday uh but mm, well no i can't think of anything my god i have to come back i'm sorry i have one probably two you want me to go yes okay. you have one wow Yo, what does that mean <laughs> get out of here he uh he said that chess is not that complicated of a game and it's kind of lame, oh. and I 100% disagree. I think chess is freaking oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, and it's way more complicated than it seems. I think I think Elon sometimes tends to like um, like if something isn't maximally complicated, it's not like it's like uh, oh, it's somehow maybe inferior. And I'm putting words in his mouth, right? But like that was like a thing. It's like how can you not you know? Because he 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 used a, a different game as an example, Polytopia or something. It's like yeah, this is way better. It has all these dimensions. I'm like yeah, but it doesn't mean chess isn't that complicated. Chess is. Uh, no, all the grandmasters still aren't as good as a computer or and never will be, which means it's complicated. <laughs> so 
that's one I take issue with. Elon, damn it. Chess is complicated. Go ahead, Richard. Yes. I, I have two. Uh, one, his decision not to complete the boring tunnels from Hawthorne to Bel Air and from Hollywood to Dodger Stadium. Fooey on you. And two, the real one is the way he did stock sales, that he did it in public mm. as opposed to not doing it in the dark pool where it wouldn't impact the price and brokers wouldn't know he was selling. So if I were going to argue, I'd say next time you do stock sales, do it privately so it doesn't impact the stock price as much. Now, mm -hmm. I, now I have one. I do not agree with Elon um, that I can't understand how he can support DeSantis. Elon is pro-free speech and DeSantis is constantly uh, hindering free speech, banning books, uh, restricting what people can say that I cannot comprehend. Okay. I disagree, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> but thank you for sharing. Uh, next question. And Dan B, Tesla bus, a possibility? I think the van the van might fit this in, in, in somewhat, right? Maybe a smaller form factor. How do you guys think about this? There are already quite a few electric buses. I don't think it's needed. Yeah, I agree. That segment is pretty full. Because that was like yeah. where a, a place where they started. Like we were talking about BYD and yeah. they did buses, Proterra. There's a bunch of companies that, that do them. I don't know. What I, what I don't know is what the, the need is. So maybe even if there's a lot of supply, maybe there's a bigger requirement. I do not know. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if the bus form factor is going to become obsolete as, say, you know, the compact car or robo-taxi form factor is able to take people from point A to point B from anywhere to anywhere at a cheaper per mile cost than a bus because of how cheap it is going to be to, to run it. Just so I wonder look at the all the school buses, all school buses. Uh -huh. What about them? I think, I mean, it is good to have a lot of people in a smaller area than having tons of cars driving around everywhere. It's also a question of space. Okay. But but what if the cars never stop? Like, you know, self-driving cars don't really need to stop, do they? Have they you just been in, like, in rush hour? Yeah. yeah that was my stop all the time. <laughs> that was my question. So if everybody is driving EVs or most, and they all communicate with each other, I would expect the flow of traffic to be significantly better. Correct. And so maybe that'll affect our how we decide to move because maybe if we get someplace faster maybe we want to have a solo vehicle maybe we won't want to be with other people i don't know but i would think it's probably going to change the way we transport people if it's significantly shorter just like you know if you take an airplane as opposed to taking a train it definitely impacts your uh, existence yeah 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 but like i took the bus to school every day for seven years and it took 40 minutes i lived outside town in a little village but we were a full bus every morning and every night it would be stupid to have 40 cars going all that way and back again i why? mean it's kind of also a social function but what but why is it stupid i think because it it tears it it uses up more raw materials it's worse for the environment to have 40 cars going back and forth instead of one bus what well, if the what if the cars are fully recyclable 
it doesn't matter an ev is heavy and it's still it tear it, it tears down the road much faster it releases a lot of particles from the tires that are really dangerous um so if you can save on that that's very good the fewer vehicles the better okay okay so so you're you're willing to give up a time penalty to use less tires what if they come up with a yeah, tire that's, that doesn't think, degrade? But I can't see why uh, you said time. Tire. That, you're, so you're saying so because the, the bus you're going to have to stop right at every stop and pick up the people, right? So instead of going say yeah. from where you used to live, I mean, if, if you had a direct route to the school, how long would have taken? Like twenty minutes, maybe. We're talking about kids. I think they can spare those 10 minutes every morning and day. I hope so, because they spend that 10 minutes talking to friends, which is more valuable than why everything not make is school, not, like, why are we saving time? What are we saving time for? Well, because if you lived in LA and had to drive in the tra in traffic and you could cut that drive from 40 minutes to 10 minutes, your life yes. would be significantly yes. different. So that's but one I think reason. if everyone went in buses, we would cut the time even more because there wouldn't be that many cars. You know, How it's funny. That that I was I took a bus to school too. It took me like an hour, and all I remember is when I got to school, I was nauseated from being in that bus for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I remember. <laughs> it wasn't very fun. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. Sweden has very good buses. Maybe that's maybe the. Yeah, we, have, we don't have American school buses. Oh, no, no. We have very good buses. And we didn't stop that many times. I mean, it probably was five minutes faster to go by car. Okay. So, so Sweden is the land of Ikea, Opeth, and buses. <laughs> and and you are also, you are also uh, taking for granted that everybody will afford a self-driving car? Everybody will be able to afford a ride in a self-driving car, yes. Yeah. Yeah, with robo taxis. Yeah, but I think yeah. I I don't believe in robo taxis. So, okay, all right. <laughs> another another great topic to discuss. You know, also <laughs> in, in, not, in this country, not for in, a long time. And I'm just speaking about LA. I don't know how it is elsewhere, but it's it's also a an element of personal freedom. So you want it's a way of kind of being in, individual. I know it's it's contrary to the way you're saying that you want to socialize kids, but it's kind of how it is out here and the United States is really big on and I don't agree with a lot of a lot of the sentiment but it's big on personal freedom and being able to drive your car when you want to is kind of kind of part of it yeah yeah but I don't think going on a school bus um, um, hinders my personal freedom but I mean, I, I know, but I mean, Sweden is, is the most individualist, individualistic country in the world. We have the largest uh, amount of households living single. 50% of all households are singles. Uh, and the personal freedom is big. But I think that there are other values. I mean, I think, well, probably the kids just You're much just more communal. Yeah. You're a lot more communal. Would you say yeah. that's correct? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Prop props to Carol Her. That was my bus driver when I was like ten. Carol Her. I don't <laughs> remember Her. mine. Yeah. I just remember with mine. I, I didn't know how to speak English, and uh, he taught me the word "what's up." And I <laughs> went home, and I remember telling my dad, "What is what's up?" And he's like, "Oh, it's it's what's up." And I'm like, "What's what's up?" He's like, "Oh, it's like a way of saying hi." I'm like, "Okay." And so I started saying, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> 
that's, that's my so school funny bus story. because in Sweden we didn't have a school bus driver like you have in the U.S. I mean, it was just a, the same bus company that drove all the normal buses, uh, uh, like the the city buses. So we have different yeah. bus drivers. I mean. So I don't know the names of mine. What, what a great question by Dan B. So good. My goodness. We got into we got into bus culture in God. Sweden. We're, <laughs> yes, my God. All right. Thank you, Let's Dan. do a couple more. Yeah, thank you. Let's do a couple quick ones, and then uh, we'll move on to members only. Next question. And Per Johan, community uh, member. Thank you so much for supporting us. That's why he's got the little badge. Uh, families that get the Optimus will adopt it as a family member. What do you say? Um, absolutely absolutely you're going to name your optimus robot and he's yeah, going to be at the, at the dinner table with you going to take him on vacation absolutely he's going to serve we, dinner you'll do that he's going to serve he'll dinner do that too. he'll do that too and then drink a quart of oil afterwards <laughs> didn't i tell you that i had that discussion with with uh, lulo my my uh, my boyfriend and he said well he would have to have his own or she would have to have it his own room i said why you can just stuff him in the closet or something and he thought that that was repulsive he said no we can't put him in the closet i said it's a robot my god he doesn't need his own room that's amazing <laughs> he would be working during night then they would do, do all the boring stuff do you need an extra room for each robot is that how it goes no we, we're, i think <laughs> we're just settling for one robot okay. whenever okay. but i guess I it, he have, can do uh, the cleaning stuff I can't wait to have mine for my first video. It's going to standing like right here and we're going to do a, yeah. a video together. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I wonder how long they last. It will be sad when they die. And what do you, do you have funerals or do you just melt them down? I so wonder how many people idea. are going to use them in the carpool lane as their passenger. <laughs> <laughs> you have a recycling <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> so many possibilities you see all these businesses yeah. are starting to, like all these business ideas yeah. coming up i named my a car robot. of course i would name my robot my god that's true sure. yeah i think so we, i think they would give totally it a last it. name or just the first name oh we will have my last name okay yeah not my not my boyfriends <laughs> mine. i mean we're not married so we have different it's a constant uh, argument mm? there you go and i'm sure you yeah. win quite often is that is that right uh, practically all the time. Yeah, there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> so you're basically he's married. A wise, he's a wise. He's a wise man. There you go. All right, let's do one more and uh, and uh, wrap the sucker up and go to members only. Uh, Tawanda, question: I am in Botswana, uh, southern part of Africa. Loving the channel. Thank you so much. Oh, wow, uh, how long till the first Tesla arrives here? By the way, Starlink is coming to our side next year, and they are moving extremely fast. That's fantastic. When do you guys think Tesla will start? Um, being available in, in uh, places like Botswana. I hope oh. as soon as possible. I think oh. compact car will be the first vehicle that will enter that market, if I were to guess. Did well, we talk about did we talk about that article about all the used cars being shipped to Africa? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I hope and pray that EVs will come to Africa as soon as possible. I mean you can have you can have um, uh, sun powered uh, infrastructure, charging infrastructure, just start building them. Why not? It's the build most a, important. Why not build a factory there? Don't even have to be a giga. Uh, you know, we could remember they talked about it. They could build those smaller sized factories. Why not like give it a shot, see how it goes? Yeah. Tawanda. I love that. I, I must say, I, it's one of my dreams. I'm going to Botswana one of these days. Nice. I've been awesome. to South Africa and I absolutely loved it. 
Yeah, same. Africa is a what, wonderful what, continent. Does it, anybody have an idea what time it is in there? Same as uh, here, I think. Is it? Fox yeah. One, uh, that was so good nine. flying to South Africa because we had no time change. Time yeah. gap. No jet lag. 930. 930. 9.30. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Thank you yeah, for joining us. Yeah. yeah. And just just to get it back to where we started, those Rhodesian Ridgebacks, that's their native uh, place. Oh, yes. well, there you go. They should be called Botswanian Ridgebacks now when the colony is dead. They should be. <laughs> let's show uh let's show Richard's uh, uh new puppy yes. here before uh, yes. we we head out for our members only. Pull up the picture uh producer wife of uh, Richard and his suit. Look, oh. look at that. Oh my oh goodness. Oh god, How, what's his name? It's a it's a he it's uh, the one in my arm. Uh, it's Agatha. And, Agatha, oh, it's yeah, a girl. And, and the one on my right is Dante. Cute. My is goodness. Dante, is Dante? Uh, what would do you say? He's a, he's a Ridgeback also. But can he become a father? He could about nine years ago. No okay. Longer. Yeah, I, that's good because if you're moving in a girl, it might be kind of a yes, yes. It it, it was we had to figure out how to work it, and it had to be a puppy too because they're very protective of us, and yes, it needed to be a small dog so you can get used to it. And she's she's a sweetie. Oh, oh my god! Super how cute. old is she now? She's uh, like eleven weeks, eleven and a half weeks. Oh, oh I'm getting oh puppy sick. Oh my god. <laughs> Super cute. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you, Richard. We're going to move over to our member-only uh, stream. You can join us there by clicking on join right below this video. Thank you to the mods for always doing an excellent job. Thank you to everybody in the comments section for another great uh, discussion. I think today we peaked at, let me see the stats, at 11.15, 11.24 or so. So it was uh, right. quite a good crowd. Nice. Yeah, quite a good crowd. Very thankful thank you, for y'all. By the way, thank you, CM, again for your work. Yes, absolutely. CM, producer wife, as always, the rock star, the goat producer in the world. And uh, yeah, join us on members only uh, here shortly. And we'll see you in the next one. Love you guys. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you, Richard. We'll see you in the next one. Take it easy, everybody. Bye bye.